All right, happy Friday. What a week this uh, has been. And uh, amazing, crazy, insane times we live in. But when something falls apart so spectacularly as it has this week, and now we have a date certain, we're told, certain, December the 9th for the Pfizer report, um, it's, it's amazing how life just ends up working out and things begin over time, especially to just reveal themselves. And, and that's really what this week has been about. I mean, this all died, this, this Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt, this madness, this insanity. It all died on Wednesday, really, and it just got worse for them yesterday with, when Sunderland. And the, the strange thing is, everybody knew it was coming, now, you can see what the Democrats were up to. They, they get Sunderland to give his statement about what he thought, perceived, you know, what he, you know, put together, but didn't know to be true. But it was his guess, his best guess and his best interpretation. But when asked about what is real and what the facts are, remember, before Sunderland, you had only hearsay and opinion witnesses. All you heard is so-and-so's uncle's brother's great-grandfather's cousin's nephew, third cousin's son said and the other part was, well, no, I but I read the transcript like everybody else. And we started talking about the transcript. And after I heard the other person talk about the transcript, I had a different view on the transcript, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's all insane. And then it, it just it all boils down. And there's more. I mean, there are other great moments and I'm not diminishing um, the great moments that we had in all of this. There's just what we what we've got here is something much bigger, much deeper than anybody knew. They hate Donald Trump. They hate we the people. We're the we're the smelly Walmart shoppers. You know, we're the irredeemable deplorables. We're the ones that cling to our God, our guns, our Bibles and our religion. How horrible. We're horrible people. We must be horrible people. They say we're horrible people. Therefore, we must be horrible people. Um, and it didn't work out the way that they want, did it? Didn't turn out that way. And, and they'll probably just keep going and doing what they're doing, which is just fine with me. But it all ended with Congressman Turner, who said, OK, well, those what you put together. But is, you know, Adam Schiff just ran out because what happened is they had Sondland just give his opening statement. And about his thoughts, feelings with no evidence. But what actually happened, because he was the only one that actually talked to the president about this, asked an open ended question to Donald Trump. He said he was in a bad mood. Well, if I had to deal with this crap, I think I'd be in an awful lot of bad moods. But anyway, so when he finally could then when they come back after the show, after Adam, you know, the, the compromised congenital liar, the corrupt congenital liar, the guy that's lied for three years, the guy that lied about contact with the whistleblower. Notice the media never holds him account for his lies. Uh, Mr. Schiff, you've been telling us for three years you've got the evidence. Where is it? Mr. Schiff, you're on tape, you know, talking to a Russian. It sounds like you're colluding and you're looking for compromising materials about it. What's the nature of the compromise? Uh, pictures of the naked Trump. Pictures of the naked Trump. Did Vladimir see them? Uh, but of course, Vladimir see the compromising materials. Uh, naked Trump. Yes, he's, he's uh, it, okay. Did not colluding? 
They don't want to hear about the dirty Russian dossier Hillary. Hypocrites. They don't care about the obstruction with Hillary's emails. They don't care about Ukrainian interference in the election. All they want to do is bludgeon Trump, dirty up Trump, and it blew up in their face again. Because once we got down to, okay, forget your feelings, forget your thoughts, forget your guesses, forget your, well, hearsay, hearsay stuff. And when, tell us what Trump said. Here's what, how that went down. I finally called the president. I believe it was on the 9th of September. I can't find the records and they won't provide them to me. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. Do the right thing. Sorry, my mic went off. Do the right thing. I don't want anything. I want nothing. Do the right thing. No quid pro quo. That's it. Game, set, match over. Because none of the other witnesses ever had any contact with Trump or any contact with even Mulvaney or anybody close to Trump. None of them had any contact with them. So it doesn't matter. And, you know, federal rules of evidence, assuming these idiots follow through and, you know, they, they let Adam Schiff throw this over to Jerry Nadler. Good luck to him. They're going to throw it over to him. OK, well, good luck with that. And then they're going to take it to what the Senate we're going to. Well, federal rules of evidence don't allow what they want to do to be done. All the hearsay and opinion witnesses it's not admissible. Doesn't matter what they think of the transcript. We can all read on our own that never mentions any aid that did talk about rightly. And, and you know what? It was Cheryl Atkinson makes a great point. How are all these people that are supposed to be so knowledgeable about Ukraine not know that a Ukrainian court determined Ukraine did interfere in our 2016 election? How are they not familiar with the political reporting of such? How is that even possible? Now, I think we all learned a thing or two about these ambassadors and man, a lot of them are kind of full of themselves and they think they know better and they they don't like the policies and others. I'm like listening to them. And I'm thinking, OK, do you support an America first policy or a Ukrainian first policy? You know, one funny point. Yeah, the president doesn't give a rip about Ukraine. And is, well, OK, the president's got to worry about Russia, Ukraine, oh, the Middle East, China, uh, Iran uh, and every other country, Europe and trade deals and and, you know, getting the stuff, building the wall, getting rid of burdensome regulation, lowering taxes, keeping his promises on the judiciary. He's kind of a busy guy that's actually been doing work because I know the Democrats, they haven't done anything else but hate on Trump for all this time. And then it got followed up with, and this is great. This goes to the heart of the uh, impeachment charge of bribery and high crimes and misdemeanors. So Jim Jordan said, he very cleverly says to Sondland, when did they announce that they were going to do the things that the president was asking them to do? When did they announce it? This is a great exchange. Ambassador, when did it happen? When did what happen? The announcement 
When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo? Today's op- your opening statement. As I testified previously, with regard to a qu- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. They got the call July 25th. They got the meeting, not in the White House, but in New York on September 25th. They got the money on September 11th. When did the meeting happen again? Never did. You don't know who was in the meeting? Which meeting are you referring to? The meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> you know how people, you, you know how Zelensky you know how Zelensky announced it? Did he tweet it? Did he do a press statement? Did he do a press conference? You know how that happened? I mean, you, you got all three of them wrong. They get the call, they get the meeting, they get the money. It's not two plus two, it's 0 for three. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this. And, and you told Mr. Castor that the president never told you that the announcement had to happen to get anything. In fact, he didn't just not tell you that. He explicitly said the opposite. He told you the opposite. You're 0 for 3. Now, to me, and I, Linda says I do this too much. I can't help it. He says, you just, you just got to stop. She said this to me, you know, last week. To do what they're now doing, to accuse the president of what they are accusing him of, when we all have the transcript and none of the hearsay or opinion witnesses knew anything. Everyone has an opinion, I guess, right? Aid is never discussed. I think it's, I think one of the more under told stories in this is the president saying to Zelensky while he's congratulating him in a nice way. You seem to be surrounding yourself with some of the same bad people. You need to not do that because the president knew apparently everybody knew everyone acknowledged even that everything that goes on in Ukraine seems to be pretty screwed up, messed up and corrupt. And nothing is more, but to get to where they are and rev themselves up the way they've done this, they also have to do the the bifurcation thing I've been telling you about, the compartmentalizing thing I've been telling you about. They've got to be willing to, to deny all objective truth and intellectual honesty and reason and common sense and applying the same standards to the they had this this whole breathtaking new level of hypocrisy and this is where linda gets mad at me because we do have a quid and a pro and a quo we got a former vice president bragging about when he was vice president that he said to ukraine in what sounds like a shakedown to me what sounds like a quid and a pro and a quo bribery quid pro quo. I think, you know, I'd like to see this brought up criminally and see if it applies. We've read you the statutes, but you're not getting the billion dollars unless you fire the prosecutor. Now, backstory, we know that he knew from the New York Times and others that the prosecutor was investigating his zero experience son, Hunter. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the guy. And you got six hours. If you fire the guy, you'll get the you'll get the billion dollars. And son of a bee, they they fired him. And we got the dumbest interview I've ever seen in my life to back it up. 
Hunter Biden, GMA. Do you you have any experience in Ukraine? No. Energy? No. Gas? No. Oil? No. Why do you think you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars? I don't know. Do you think maybe it's because your father, the vice president of the United States in charge of Ukraine, you think it's connected to that? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, probably. Probably. That's why. And then what did they get for it? Because they didn't have any experience. Well, then because they are a corrupt company, according to everybody, pretty much. And at least according to everyone in Ukraine, they're even investigating him again now. And they seized the guy's assets. Well, so what do we know? But they did use Hunter's name with the Obama State Department. If you're a Democrat, you have to ignore all that. This is this is a really this is a stark. It should be a shocking, alarming awakening to how corrupt this Democratic radical socialist party is and how corrupt the mob and the media is, because we all know if it was Vice President Trump and Don Jr., everything would be different, wouldn't it? All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. Look, what we witnessed this week is an amazing thing. Um, There was great danger during this whole Russia, Russia, Russia. Yet every force in the deep state, every member of the mob and the media, and, and we'll play a montage after the bottom of the hour. Remember we played, you know, the timeline, you hear the, the ticking sound, uh, 2016, impeached. 2017, impeach, 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 impeach. 2018, impeach, 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 impeach. 2019, impeach, 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 impeach. The mob was always a part. There was a real danger here. There was a danger. To, they had a real special counsel led by, oh, now we know the corrupt Andrew Weissman. I warned you about him. Warned everybody because Sidney Powell, she chronicled Andrew Weissman. He was Mueller's pit bull. They still couldn't pull it off of four investigations. But if you don't think that that was a clear and present political danger to Donald Trump, you're mistaken. It was everything they got to take out the president that we, the people, voted for. And they, they, they failed spectacularly. The people that couldn't get over the election results in 2016 talked about impeachment from day one. Everything's a bombshell, 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 bombshell. We've heard that for all these years, too. A huge bombshell that the game changer, impeachable. And hearing it for three years. So they don't get the FBI investigation to give them anything. There's no there there, says Peter Strzok. After nine months, we had nothing, Lisa Page says. Had nine month investigation, the FBI. Uh, then the House Intel investigation that went on forever, they found nothing. Then the bipartisan Senate investigation found nothing, but they put all their hopes in Mueller and they found nothing. So then they, all right, they obviously something nefarious happened with the non-whistleblower whistleblower, the, the hearsay whistleblower's lawyer, 10 days after Trump's inaugurated, talking about a coup. The coup has begun. That sounds worse than the insurance policy. And then the mob and the media, they go along. And they put even the the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar in charge. Scary times.
Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day, and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. The beginning of the end? Beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. We begin tonight with a bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way. Know how. Breaking news. An absolute bond. Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. Oh, the wall's closing in. This is going to be the Achilles Hill. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today, the biggest tipping point for the Trump administration. What historic day the bombshells he's underwater he feels the walls closing in turning point we may be at a tipping point it's the beginning of the end the beginning of the end another bombshell 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 this is a bombshell it is what you can't see and that was a grabian news uh put the first one out there i know every, there's a million versions so i, I want to give attribution we've done our own versions as well on different things but um it's not who gets credit, but we like to give attribution when we can. Um, but they did it first. Am I correct, Linda? Rabian? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, that's over. What you're not seeing are the dates. When you look at it visually, we'll put it up on Hannity.com. It is 2017, 2017, 2018, 18, 19, 99. I mean, it's like they finish each other's sentences. You begin to put it all together and you're like, man, this is a mob mentality. This is what I've been trying to say. By the way, the DNC, $7 million in debt. Meanwhile, Donald Trump, Republicans, oh, they raised $25.3 million in October. They got $61 million cash on hand. That's not good. Consumer confidence, uh-oh. It just hit a two-decade high. University of Michigan's Consumer Confidence Index for November edged up. To 96.8 points, far exceeding the consensus, the prediction of 95.7. According to the chief economist, November marked the 30th out of the last 35 months that the headline confidence measure had come in at or above 95 points, a streak second only to the 34 out of 36 months of readings above 100 record between January and 98. 
and December of 2000. Long time ago. Well, Newt Gingrich was speaker. 96. Um, so that's what you've got. And this, this, this now, whatever madness comes Now the White House has been very clear. Fine. If they want to be nuts in the House, we absolutely want a trial in the Senate. We want the trial. And once the federal rules of admissibility of evidence kick in, then that's going to be a big, huge problem for the Democrats. Because they're not going to be able to bring these people in, the opinion witnesses in, the hearsay witnesses in. Uh, GOP donors, another piece, this was in the examiner. They're now doubling down to back Trump in the impeachment fight. Ronna McDaniel said impeachment fundraising. That bump has been bigger than one has seen during the bitter partisan fight over Justice Kavanaugh. That's another thing. Look at how they treated Kavanaugh. I believers everywhere. Anything doesn't matter. Michael Avenatti, Julie Swetnick, how salacious, how, you know, something we can't confirm. Uh, We got a new poll shows that Donald Trump has uh, pulled ahead of Biden as this hoax moves on. Oopsie daisy. Yeah, that was the Emerson College poll. Yeah, and he's edging out Bernie Sanders, too. Uh Uh-oh. And then you got Elizabeth Warren. Then you got everybody freaking out over the this this radical leftist group of. And by the way, and you know, Biden's not the moderate either. He's bought into the new Green Deal madness. You know, he just wants to double down on the failure of Obamacare, which I might think is even worse. Um, but this is this this is what is at play. This is why elections matter. This is why your involvement matters. This is why. You know, what happens in 347 days is going to impact this country in ways that are probably at this point even immeasurable because we don't know how, you know, we don't know where this is all going to go. I think the biggest thing to come out, and again, I want to go back to this whole issue of this story that broke just as we were going on the air last night of an FBI official under criminal investigation for altering a document related to the 2016 surveillance of the Trump campaign advisor, Carter Page. The only reason this is coming out, because, look, you got to say this about Michael Horowitz and the five or six hundred people that work for the guy is they haven't had a single leak the entire time. But now they're showing people whose names are mentioned in the report. We're told about five hundred and fifty pages that um, uh, they're getting to see it and they're trying to get out news wise. Very common strategy. They're trying to get ahead of it and they're trying to get to the you know, get to it first so it doesn't seem all that shocking when it finally does come out on December the 9th. But this is all coming out. And I will tell you that this news story is is pretty damning. And none of it is good for any of the Democratic presidential candidates. This is trouble for everybody. I, I mean, I'm watching all of this unfold. This is a scary point for the country. By the way, the Bidens also have their problem because now all this publicity, well, now the prosecutor general is now open to an investigation. John Solomon gave us a nugget the other day, and he said, yeah, Hunter Biden had a, a place in Ukraine that was apparently, yeah, they checked it out. Uh, okay, what'd they find? We have other new records in the Washington Examiner that a Hunter Biden linked, they have, that Rosemont Capital Seneca group. Remember, we talked a lot about them when we talked about 10 days after Hunter went on a trip with Vice President Biden to Asia, stopping in China and then zero experience Hunter 
you know, ends up getting a billion dollar deal from the Bank of China that then became a billion five. I haven't gotten a penny from China. His lawyer said, no, well, he hasn't cashed out yet. Yeah, no, his shares, he didn't get his shares yet. So, no, he hasn't received a penny yet. But he's got the shares, and I doubt he's given that money back. And, again, another deal that I'm sure zero experienced people in this country would never get. Um, 59% fear anti-Trumpers will turn violent if Trump wins a second term. Rasmussen poll, 59% likely voters concerned people that oppose President Trump's policies will resort to violence uh, if he's reelected. That's pretty scary. I thought we had I thought I thought we prided ourselves in the peaceful transition of power. Get this. Um, Zero Hedge had a a pretty good analysis here. You know, talking points for rational people, and they go through this whole effort. But, uh, oh, we have one other thing. Senators Johnson and Grassley see court records of Obama White House meetings with Ukrainian officials. Well, that's all on top of what Lindsey Graham is now requesting from Secretary of State Pompeo. We told you about that letter yesterday, and we broke that story on Wednesday night's Hannity show. Yeah, that letter means, oh, do we have any transcripts of any calls at the time in question? Apparently, there were a flurry of calls right in and around the time that Joe Biden found out that his no experience, zero experience, paid millions of dollars son was being a target of an investigation by the prosecutor general, who he eventually got fired, son of a bee, because he leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars. Um, this is all this is all fascinating stuff. So what are we going to have? We're going to be in the middle of a waste of time impeachment trial. Now, I get the White House's position on this. that They, you know, if, if they just dismiss it, everyone's going to say the fix is it. OK, so now we're going to have a, a trial. But all the witnesses can't that we now have heard from can't come in. But it does open the door. Although if I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and venture a guess. My guess is that all of this is going to end up being investigated with Hunter and with Schiff's office and Schiff and the whistleblower and the whistleblower will be investigated. Hunter will be investigated and Joe will be investigated. I think this is going to go on for a lot longer than we think. I would venture a guess that they're probably going to let the Democrats make their weak case once they get rid of the hearsay and opinion witnesses and once you get to the actual language of Sondland, that it's it's game over, and they're going to not put on a defense, and they're going to say, "Let's vote." I'm going to guess that's the case. Remove that from the table, but then the fallout of it is going to be tremendous and ongoing. That I believe. Um, things got so bad for sleepy, creepy, crazy Uncle Joe. Um, he was encouraging voters who don't like. Barack Obama's immigration record, go vote to reelect Trump. He was frustrated. He advised the protester, vote for Trump. Okay, good advice. I think this is the one time I'll agree with Biden. And the poll, these polls keep showing that the Trump presidency is on the ascendancy. They managed to do something pretty amazing because Donald Trump's not a victim. Donald Trump's a fighter. One thing that defines him is that this guy is on 24-7, like it's like this force of nature. 
that doesn't stop. I mean, that's how he's been able to keep his agenda promises on judges, the biggest tax cuts, ending the bureaucracy. You know, okay, I can't get the wall money this way. I'm going this way. And son of a bee, he got it, to quote Joe Biden. And of course, we've got beyond that, you know, then the trade deals with Japan and Mexico and Canada and our Western European allies getting NATO to pay more. It's all stuff getting the half a China deal done. That's pretty important stuff, too. Then you see it with the money coming in and you see it in the polls. Because people, after three years of doing nothing, they didn't do a thing. Well, now Trump gets to compare and contrast. Well, Obama, Biden, they put 13 million more Americans on food stamps and 8 million more in poverty. Well, now we have 7 million fewer Americans on food stamps. 7 million new jobs created. We have manufacturing jobs back at a record pace. Jobs Obama and Biden told us are never coming back. Then you got the millions out of poverty. Then you start doing an analysis a little bit differently than the mob and the media. And you say, okay, did Donald Trump, is he losing any of his base that went out enthusiastically, knew they were voting for a disruptive iconoclast that's going to drain the swamp? But by the way, this is what draining the swamp looks like. I don't think he's lost anybody. The only guy that I know without a guitar that can't sing, at least not that I know of, I can pack arena after arena after arena and have just as big as crowd outside wanting to be in the arena. So I don't think if he didn't lose those voters, are they motivated to go out and vote for him? Well, what about the record low unemployment, the best employment since 1969, record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment. Does he have a shot at getting those voters? I think the answer to the question is, yeah, I do. I absolutely do. And, oh, um, apparently their push to impeach Trump has now come, now that it's unraveled, they're talking about moving past the Ukraine hoax and they're refocusing on, we got to go back to the Mueller report. Is it, is, what do they have to run on? Even when they supported securing the borders in Obama's second term, that's gone. Now it's a manufactured crisis. That's ridiculous. Manufactured crisis. By the way, look what the president's done for the military. Look what he did for Eddie Gallagher and Clint Lawrence. Look what he did. Look what he's done, you know, for, you know, Alice Marie Johnson, prison reform. Every prison, look what he's done for Israel. Now recognizing Golan as Israeli territory and settlements and Jerusalem as its rightful capital. Look what he's done. He beat the caliphate. Baghdadi's dead. The caliphate died. They bombed the crap out of it once he removed the handcuffs and the rules of engagement of the Obama era. Oh, yeah. Well, seven million new jobs and Baghdadi uh, is and ISIS are dead. Wow. Pretty good accomplishments. A lot to think about in the next 347 days, but they want to destroy this guy. I'll tell you right now, this is who they are. You put them in power, you get the government you deserve. 347 days. Uh, what, uh, as you know, the intelligence community has 17 different agencies. Uh, what agency was this individual from? If I could interject here, we don't want to use these it's proceedings. Our, it's our time, I know, Chair. But we need to protect the whistleblower. Um, uh, if, please stop. I want to make sure that uh, there's no effort to out the whistleblower uh, through the use of these proceedings. Um, if the witness has a good faith belief 
that this may reveal the identity of the whistleblower. Uh, that is not the purpose that we are here for, and I want to advise uh, the witness accordingly. On behalf of my client, we are uh, following the rule of the committee, the rule of the chair, with regard to this issue, and this does not call for an answer that is invoking the fifth or any theoretical issue like that. We're following the ruling of the chair. What, Councillor, what ruling is that? Okay. Uh, if I could interject, Council is correct. Whistleblower has the right, statutory right to anonymity. These proceedings will not be used to out the whistleblower. Thank you, Council. You know, as I indicated before, this committee will not be used to out the whistleblower. Um, that same uh, Mr. Chairman, can, necessity can you, can you first stop the, the time so I don't lose the time? Persist. Uh, you are recognized again, Mr. Jordan. Mr. Chairman, I don't see how this is outing the whistleblower. The, the witness has testified in his deposition that he doesn't know who the whistleblower is. You have said, even though no one believes you, you have said you don't know who the whistleblower is. So how is this outing the whistleblower to, to, to find out who this individual is? Mr. Jordan, uh, this is your time for questioning. You can use it any way you like, but what? your question should be addressed to the and witness. I'd like to... And your question should not be addressed to trying to out the whistleblower. Well, okay, okay. Just part of the madness that has been unfolding all week. And it is madness. And it ends up with we go back to Wednesday and and we had two moments, one with Congressman Turner, one with Jim Jordan. We'll go to 28 and 29. Uh, We won't play them now because when you when when he's asked, well, did you talk to the president? Yeah, I did. And, And what did the president say? You asked him if he wanted anything. What did he want? Uh, He said he wanted nothing. And he said, I don't want a quid pro quo. That's what the president said. The only person that wasn't a hearsay witness or an opinion witness based on their opinions of the transcript that they didn't even hear firsthand. This is the only guy that ever talked to the president. The only one of all of them. That's how nuts this is. And this this is how he summed it up. This was this is where this died this week. After you testified, Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press conference and I finally called the president. I believe it was on the 9th of September. I can't find the records and they won't provide them to me. But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect. President Trump never told me directly that the aid was conditioned on the meetings. The only thing we got directly from Giuliani was that the Burisma and 2016 elections were conditioned on the White House meeting. The aid was my own personal uh, you know, guess based, again, on your analogy, two plus two equals four. So you didn't talk to President Trump when Ambassador Taylor says that that's what you told him? Is that your testimony here? My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words? Correct. Right, but never heard those words. Never heard those words. So why are we here and what's going to happen next? Anyway, we bring in uh, two longtime friends of the program, uh, best-selling author, number one New York Times bestseller. His latest book is out, The Story of the Greatest Mass Delusion in American Political History. Uh, if you haven't read it, it's on Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere. 
Uh, our good friend Geraldo Rivera, Fox News legal analyst, also author of a bestseller called The Geraldo Show. Welcome both of you back to the program. Uh, you know, Geraldo, I'll start with you. I, I thought your comments on Hannity last night were extraordinarily powerful because you summed it up in a way that, you know, as a guy that sometimes disagrees with the president's critical with the president of the president, but wants what's best for the country. I thought it was well said. Fair is fair, Sean. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is the Democrats have not yet apologized for what Greg Jarrett uh, and uh, and others have so uh, artfully exposed that whole Russia collusion hoax and wasting two and a half years of our time and trying to bring down the the Trump presidency based on created evidence. Uh, you know, I think they had to be called out on that. And now the, uh, you know, the inspector general's report is imminent and we're getting these leaks that uh, there were FBI lawyers that fudged and uh, altered documents to get the Pfizer warrant on Carter Page. My goodness, this is the beginning of the end of the harassment of President Trump and the 45th presidency. I think that uh, what is coming clear is that, uh, you know, people with a great repute uh, sunk to uh, conduct that was at the at the best irregular, uh, at the worst illegal in an attempt to sabotage this president, Sean. And, and Greg, you know, we thought Russia was bad, but now we have this bigger information, which we're going to get back to. But, you know, we thought the Russia thing was bad. Yeah. And this is, I would say, about 10 times as ludicrous. Uh, there was a common thread among all of these 12 witnesses stretched over two weeks. None of them had any direct evidence that the tr- president committed an impeachable act. But they offered this endless stream of hearsay, opinion, and speculation. But you're right, Gordon Sondland, the only one with direct information, utterly exonerated the president by repeating the words, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo. I mean, that thrust a dagger in the heart of Adam Schiff's and Democrats' hopes of some damning indictment of Trump. But that, of course, is not going to stop them. They're going to go full speed ahead because this was preordained and preconceived the moment Trump was elected. We will find a way, however specious or spurious, to impeach the president to invict to a victim from the Oval Office. The Senate, thankfully, will never capitulate because it requires a two-thirds supermajority. That was the wisdom of the framers. Well, exactly. Now, we did have other and bigger news. As Geraldo, you, you pointed this out. Let's not forget the big story of the day because now we have... Uh, And I know this was leaked. What's happened with the Horowitz report now that we know that the inspector general report on FISA abuse is out December the the 9th and that Michael Horowitz will appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee on December the 11th. So to get to this final stage, which has taken forever, now the people that are mentioned in what we believe to be a 550 page or so report, uh, they get an opportunity to see before the public things about them that are written in the report so they can make a case that it doesn't belong there, does belong there, et cetera, et cetera. So that that to me, because Horowitz has kept this buttoned up the entire way. Now that we find out that an FBI official is under criminal investigation for altering the document related to the FISA application against Carter Page, it's a big deal, Geraldo. And that goes to the heart of what we now have known for two years. And that was premeditated fraud on a FISA court denying one American his his civil liberties and rights and illegally spying on him 
based on an unverifiable Hillary Clinton bought and paid for Russian dossier whose own author, who hates Trump, doesn't even stand behind. There's a concept in the law called the fruit of the poison tree. If that was applied to all the people whose lives have been turned upside down by the Russia collusion hoax, uh, can you imagine everything? Uh, General Michael Flynn, all the others who have been have been forced to plead, uh, all the obstruction, all the things that follow from the uh, a, a fake federal investigation. And the worst thing about it, I mean, other than in addition to the lives being ruined by it, the worst thing about it is the sanctimony, the the snobbiness, the the superior uh, superiority uh, complex that the Democrats had uh, so scornful of the president, so scornful of Republicans as they plunged ahead and wasted forty five million dollars and called five hundred witnesses and uh, and summoned all those documents and totally upended and attempted to destroy the Trump presidency. And they couldn't lay a glove on him, even when they were trying uh, to, uh, you know, uh, uh, to seed the deck. They couldn't even they couldn't even pull it off then. I think in light of the news that's coming from the inspector general and then from the 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 uh, U.S. attorney in Connecticut, John Durham, now known uh, thanks to the president this morning as Bull Durham, uh, with Bull Durham looming over uh, the inspector general's report imminent. I think impeachment itself, the vote on impeachment in the House, will be affected. I think the Democrats will struggle to get to keep their own caucus as they vote. If the conventional wisdom is the Democrats will all be on one side, the Republicans will all be on the other, with uh, a couple of Democratic exceptions. I think Nancy Pelosi will struggle to keep those uh, 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 t- one score in ten, uh, you know, marginal Democratic congressmen who won in Trump districts in the caucus when they make the vote for impeachment. It might be that the impeachment vote in the House of Representatives fails uh, to get uh, the requisite I I honestly don't see it. I think the hammer is going to be dropped and everybody is going to be whipped and told this is what you're doing. We'll see. I I think that when people are called, when push comes to shove, and history will judge, when push comes to shove, and people are are asked to determine whether the facts as uh, as elicited from these hearings reaches the level as the framers uh, contemplated in in Article Two, Section Four of the Constitution, high crime and mismate of bribery, treason. When they when they are called upon to say, are those facts that you heard? Uh, you know, in in, uh, in uh, do they meet the, this high standard required by the framers because they knew it was such a, a, a draconian uh, remedy? Do they? If not, how can you in good conscience vote to impeach this man? Greg Jarrett, I love your take on it. Do you think the Democrats? Well, the hold? I think the Democrats impeached. hold. I think they're going to they're going to get the crap beat out of them. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, there's an old saying, the recoil is more dangerous than the projectile. This will backfire on Democrats. All you have to do is look at the trajectory, the downward trajectory of the opinion polls. 
you know, Americans aren't buying this charade. For example, bribery is supposedly one of the uh, articles of impeachment. Bribery requires a quid pro quo. And as we you learned mean, whoa, over the like last, Joe, you mean Joe, yeah. that was a quid pro quo. <laughs> there is no reliable, verifiable evidence anywhere in the testimony of a quid pro quo, just the opposite from Ambassador Sondland. Another article of impeachment, witness intimidation. The president or anybody else for that matter is entitled to defend himself in a public statement or a tweet. That is not witness intimidation. All right. Stay right there. More with uh, Greg Jarrett. More with Geraldo Rivera. Greg Jarrett and uh, Geraldo Rivera. All right. So the president says that, yeah, let's have the trial. You, you nuts in the house go through with this madness after having only hearsay witnesses, which, by the way, none of that will be admissible in a Senate trial if federal rules of evidence apply. Um, and the Sixth Amendment probably will apply, meaning you get the right to confront your accuser whistleblower. And then they're going to have the right to bring up, OK, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden um, and Schiff's office and their contact with the whistleblower and on whistleblower presidents are saying, let's have the trial. OK, I kind of I, I see the logic in that, Greg Jarrett. Oh, absolutely. None of these witnesses in a court of law would ever be allowed to testify. The judge would say, get the hell out of my courtroom. Uh, you're hearsay witnesses. You're double, triple, quadruple hearsay witnesses. So if the rules of evidence are applied, about the only guy who could testify would be Sondland. And he is an exculpatory witness, as we learned this week. Uh, so, you know, I agree, though, that, you know, the whistleblower could testify. I'd call Hunter Biden to testify. I might even call Joe Biden to testify. You know, this is going to end badly for Biden. I mean, this whole uh, payoff by Burisma, notoriously corrupt, to Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's involvement reeks. And I think before everything is concluded, we're going to learn that there were real acts of corruption. The question is, by whom? Last word, Geraldo. Good idea, bad idea, trial in the Senate. You have no choice. I, I, I never want to go to trial if I don't have to as, a, as an attorney. Uh, and if the president does go through this, I, I don't think he can trust the, uh, even uh, Lindsey Graham to be uh, his shepherd through this process. He needs a ruthless and highly efficient and experienced uh, team that had been down this road before. I wanted to have the best legal counsel available. I have not, with all due respect to the people around him now, I think he needs to augment. Uh, he's got to pick his litigator there, someone to really present his case. Uh, in terms of him testifying, I would uh, strongly advise against it. I don't think it's it's necessary. I never want my client to testify because they could trip me up a million different ways. And, you know, why, when things are going so well, do you want to potentially risk all. I'd rather that he tweeted about it or had a press conference or did Fox and Friends about it I or did your show. I, I, I'd like to make his case in that context. Uh, but right, I think I'm going to have to let you guys go. But I'll tell you, I just, it's so bad for the country, and I think that the the backlash to this is going to be massive. This This will carry the 347 days from now when we all get the final say. And that's the we get to vote. Geraldo, thank you. Have a great weekend. Greg, thank you. You have a great weekend. When we come back, I know a lot of you dying to get back to us. We'll get to the phones next as we continue. 
The day after Bob Mueller testified that Donald Trump invited Russian interference. Hey, Russia, if you're listening, come get Hillary's emails. Do you have something hard that you can't reveal? Uh, I can't uh, reveal that, Chris. The other defense is... The president denies it. We have not spoken directly with the whistleblower. Donald Trump is back on the phone asking another nation to involve itself in another U.S. election. And what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material? Yes, of course. Uh, thank you very much. We will be back in touch. We shouldn't really rely on what the president said in the call record. We should imagine he said something else. And I'm going to say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent. Understand lots of it. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. All right. There it is. A bad, bad, ugly week. These are tiring weeks. Am I complaining too much? I was complaining today, right? Uh, But... It just is what it is. This is what is at stake in 347 days. This is where the battle lines are being drawn. Everything you must watch through the prism of 2020 and every move the Democrats make as wrong as they are. I mean, they're 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 like, you know, what it's like you're just taking toilet paper and you're wetting it. You throw it up against the wall and you see which thing can stick. And yet the obvious, which would be before them, would be um, maybe if we have ideas and serve the American people. Look, if they want open borders and they want to run on open borders and they want to run on free health care for illegals and they want to run on sanctuary cities and they want to run on the new Green Deal, 94 trillion dollars, and they want to get rid of oil and gas or tax them, as Bernie Sanders said yesterday, you know, they can do all of that. They don't want to talk about the issues they stand for, the position they're taking or Medicare for all. You got to smell it and taste it. Once we implement it and you smell it and taste it, then you'll fall in love with it. No, then we'll be stuck with it. And the $52 trillion bill that goes along with it without any options for private insurance. I'm going to tell you, you know what that's going to end up in? We'll get into this with Dr. Josh uh, at the top of the next hour. It's going to end up in people paying doctors out of their own pocket to take care of them when they need to be taken care of, because this is going to be a disaster. Um, It's just unbelievable. All right. To our phones we go. Tom is in New York. Tom, hi. How are you? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Sean Hannity Show. How are you doing, Sean? Tom from Nassau County. I've I've been watching this whole thing, and and I've, I've been saying this for the last two or three years. For the Democrats, they are all in. They are completely delusional. And this is going to end like a classic Greek tragedy. And Adam Schiff doesn't even realize they took Nadler out and put him in. And I know exactly why. Because when it goes sour, he's going to be the fall guy. He, he, he's talking about the Republicans throwing stuff against the wall to stick. That's what he's doing. Every witness that they, they question, I heard this, I heard that. Then when, thank God for Jim Jordan, he brings uh, sanity to this. He asked him, did you hear the president? Did the president say that to you? No, everything's hearsay. I'm a retired cop. When you interview people and you start out, by the time you're done, there's nothing here. And they're dragging the whole country through this. 
and they really don't see it. Guys like me that work every day for a living and have a family, I'm so turned off to them. I want them all well, out you of should office. Be. And well, the, 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 look, this is what I'm saying is happening. Um, the American people are watching this. I went through all the poll numbers earlier. I'm telling you, they've had it. They're tuning this out, and they're angry. They see nothing getting done for them, except for the president. I mean, the president's out there. I mean, this guy's like the Energizer Bunny, never rests. He's out there fighting for things every single day. He's actually doing his job. And he's. And, and thank God. I'm yeah. sorry. Thank God that, this, that Trump decided to run for president. He didn't have to do this. He's a billionaire, and he does love this country. You can see it. And really, thank God he became president because we'd be in real trouble without him. Let me tell you, he's been a force of nature. You know what? You know, we always say we want politicians, don't we? We want we want guys that mean what they say and say what they mean and do what they say. And, you know, now you got one. And, you know, to deal with the swamp and the sewer, well, you got to drain the swamp. But the swamp creatures don't like being drained. They don't like being exposed. So this is their reaction to it all. Um, It's very predictable. On the other hand, some people are like shocked. I'm like, I'm not shocked. This is who they are. This defines them. I've seen it coming. Another thing, they're not going to vote on the impeachment. Yeah, they're not going to vote. No, I I disagree. I think they have no choice. Look, Nancy Pelosi wants out of this in the worst way. And she didn't want to go here. Here's the problem. She has that crazy radical base made her do that, which she thought was politically suicidal and stupid. So she let him do it. Now, what's Schiff going to do now? Are you going to allow the shift show to continue after Thanksgiving? And then we're going to have what? Then a vote on what? Impeachment? They've already written their articles before they even saw the letter or the transcript. It's uh, But I'll tell you, when you stand back and watch it, you see nothing but madness. American people are smart. The polls are showing it. I, I, I think all of this it ends up net win Donald Trump because the bay, everybody in this country sees this for what it is. And they you know, oh, really? You're going to ignore Joe Biden and Hunter? Oh, OK. But you're going to tell us this transcript has something wrong with it? Yeah, we understand where you're coming from. Uh, thank you, Dave. South Carolina next on the Sean Hannity Show. Happy Friday, uh, Dave. Glad you called. Sean, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for what you do. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head. People are mad. People are sick and tired of what's going on. And what's happening is you're stirring it up with guys like me. I'm one of these closet Republicans that just, you know, I, I don't want to upset my liberal friends. And, you know, they, they put all kinds of garbage on Facebook and they whine and they moan and they groan. And, and then, then this happens. This past week, I'm done. I'm done. I'm like... Remember the movie in, the, I think it was in the 70s, it was called Network. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, yeah. I and think I voters think are mad as hell. I can tell you. I'm mad as hell. All, all the Republicans need to just shout, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. This is, this is ha- having the exact opposite effect that these Democrats want. Schiff, he needs to go. He's a bad and guy. He's, he's the fall guy. Listen, the guy, look at his light. His anger yesterday was telling, as I said. His anger was he, he knew that he'd been beat. You know, the song Charlie Daniels, and he laid the golden fiddle on the ground to Johnny's feet. And Johnny said, devil, come on back if you ever want to try again. I done told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best as ever been. And he played. That's Ooh. right. All right, so here's the thing. So he knew he'd been beat, and his only, his visceral, emotional 
reaction was to just get angry and, and lash out and just say that which is not true. Well, that which they could not prove. Yeah, yeah, the anger was revealing. It's, we've come a long <laughs> way for we're praying for the country when we started to pure anger when it didn't go the way they wanted. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's madness. But I would right. encourage everybody to that that has been staying silent like me to now become a voice, become one and help our president do what we elected him to do. 347 days, we, the people, get the final say. And I don't care what state you're in, even if it's not a winnable state, go vote. Everybody needs to engage. Everybody needs to send a loud, clear message. Let's work for the people. How's that? Let's do what's right for the American people. Um, thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it. Velma Vegas K oh, K Dawn Radio. What's up, Velma? How are my nephews? I miss you guys. Uh, we miss you too. They're good. They're at school. How you doing? I'm doing good. I haven't seen any videos or pictures in a while. Velma, what do the boys want for Christmas? I don't know. I got to talk to him. What do you want for Christmas? I know what you want. You want a spa day at the wind. That's what you love. I do. Now, I would like that. All right. I'm going to give you. When is your birthday again? I told you my birthday was in August. It done passed. Wait, did we give you a birthday present this year? No, you did. But I, 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 that's OK. I love well, you still. I did or I didn't. You can tell me this. What did I? Did we miss it? Yeah, well, you 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 know you're busy. You forgot it. All right, so <laughs> let's we please write this <laughs> stuff down. How am I supposed to remember? All right, hey, your I, oh, hang on. Your we'll send you on a spa day. You can go anytime you want. The full treatment, the mani, the pedi, the massage. Uh, what else do you, you get? Your hair done. Anything you want done, you can get oh, done. Look How's at that? You. <laughs> you get it. We'll give good. you the the super works. And you said when you oh. went there the last time that they loved you. They all knew you. Oh, they did. They did. They know you. They love you too. I don't get massages. I'm the. I'm, I know, I, but they, I know you don't. I know you don't like all that. I love. I don't it. like getting touched by strangers. I just don't. Well, if they're good looking and handsome, <laughs> like that. Well, not for you. Wait a minute. So you're telling us that you asked for a male masseuse? Exactly. Oh boy, I'm not getting. I'm that uh, Linda. Get me out of this one. <laughs> get me out I'm of here. Out of yeah, I'm staying yeah, out of this. John, I don't want women touching all over me. Okay, I'm not. I have no comment. <laughs> okay, I have no comment. All right, tell Linda <laughs> what the boys want for my nephews want for for Christmas. We're going to send you on your spa day the complete treatment, Manny, Patty. I don't know. Do you get? Do you ever use Botox? You know what? I don't use Botox. No, not yet. I'm finding out that there are guys on TV that use Botox, and I'm looking at it like, what? Really? No. I'm like, that's nuts. Well, I can tell you right now, I've never dyed my hair. I've never taken Botox and I've never had a mani or a petty period. End of sentence. I don't I love it's it. It's not in my, it's not in my DNA. It's not how I rolled Velma. It's not me. Well, you don't, you don't have to, you're a handsome man. It's not that I just, I hand, I'm, whatever I am. I don't know. I don't even look at myself. I hate, I hate looking in the mirror. <laughs> anyway, we love you, Velma. We love you too. All right, as we get back to our busy phones, 800-941-SEAN, you want to be a part of the program. All right, Robert, California, next Sean Hannity Show. What's up, Robert? How are you? Good morning, Sean. How are you? I'm good, my friend. What's going on? Well, it's afternoon, but that's all right. All right. Well, I just wanted to 
to you and to the whole country, I wanted to apologize for our politicians. Why? Got, Why we? Well, well, no. Why? We got Why? Schiff. We got Pelosi. I mean, the, about the only one I can say thumbs up to is Nunez, but the rest of them, they're they're pathetic. I, hey, listen, I you don't apologize for, for stuff that, that other people there. do. You know, I I, I well, hear people do this. You didn't do this. The people well, that voted in these maniacs in California that have destroyed the once great golden state, um, which is now becoming, you know, the, uh, I guess, ground zero central for every mad policy endeavor ever put forward with the highest taxes and the highest homelessness rates and everything else in between. You know, I'd say, you know, you, you, you live with it. It's pretty bad. It is anyway. horrible. And my I I don't know what to do from here. What could we do to help the politicians like Nunez and the other people in California that actually want to make things better again? I mean, like for you with your show, I try and support your sponsors. I drink Black Rifle coffee. I order nine oh, line apparel. You. I take great. my balance of nature. You know, I do all those things. So I want to know. Coffee's what I great, do right? For- you got to admit, best coffee you've ever oh, had. Coffee's it's- amazing. Do you like AK forty seven? Just- What's the one you like the most? I think the one that the darkest roast that they have. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I, I think, think that's AK forty seven. I have a lot of that, but I like all the different yeah, ones actually. You need listen. I'm going to tell amazing. you what you do. Let not your heart be troubled. My advice to you is if you can, at some point down the line, go to a better tax state with a better business environment. That That's my answer. And unfortunately, you know, just don't bring your liberal neighbors with you because don't let them destroy the next state that they go to. My you youngest son moved to North Carolina. Smart, beautiful he North got, Carolina. He, he got out of here. My you know, all three of my five children live out of state already. They're, they got smart and left. <laughs> but uh, if you, you know, listen, New for, York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, they're like lost. It's lost. It's a hopeless cause. And what you see is decades of liberal rule ending in destruction. That's it. I mean, you go down to Florida, no state income tax, none. Their infrastructure is a thousand, um, a million times better than New York City. With all their city taxes, all the state taxes, it's unbelievable. And you pay, you know, 12 bucks just to go over a bridge one way. Uh, Anyway, have a great weekend, Robert. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't apologize for others. You didn't do it. They did. Quick break. Right back. Uh, Oh, (laughs) you have to actually taste it. Feel it. Medicare for all. To really love it. Elizabeth Warren actually said that straight ahead. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, news roundup, information overload hour on this Friday. Uh, We had a pretty spectacular moment we didn't spend enough time on yesterday, but that was the debate Wednesday night on the Area 51 conspiracy theory channel of Rachel Maddow. And uh, Elizabeth Warren is part of this debate. And I, I didn't think we'd ever get worse than Nancy Pelosi. You got to pass the bill to find out what's in the bill. I'm like, okay, wow. And then, of course, we got Obamacare, and that was sold to us as, well, you get to keep your doctor, you get to keep your plan, and you get to save money. Well, that didn't work out because millions of Americans lost their doctors, lost their plans, and everybody is paying more money 
on average, over 174% more in money. We're supposed to say you save average family is going to save $2,500 per family per year. No, that didn't happen. Now we doubled and now we're tripling it. Um, so it was pretty spectacular. So she's now trying to ram down America's throat, her $52 trillion 10-year spending plan, Medicare for all, with no private option of, of any private health care. And remember one other fact, 37% of American counties only have one option for health care under the Obama exchanges. They got one choice and one choice only. That's 40% of the country. That's how bad this, this, is, this has become, what this lie evolved into. Now we're going we're gonna to take Obamacare, every promise broken, failing at a spectacular level. All the big insurance companies said, thanks, but no thanks. We're out of here. And now people have one option. And now they want to say, okay, not only are you going to pass it to know what's in it, but now you're going to have to, we're going to pass it and you're going to feel it and you're going to live under it and you're going to taste it and then you'll like it. Here's Elizabeth Warren. And in the first hundred days, I want to bring in 135 million people into Medicare for all at no cost to them. Everybody under the age of 18, everybody who has a family for income less than $50,000. I'm going to lower the age of Medicare to 50 and expand Medicare coverage to include uh, vision and dental and long-term care. And then in the third year, when people have had a chance to feel it and taste it and live with it. We're going to vote and we're going to want Medicare for all. Feel it, taste it, then you'll want it. Wow. That is scary. Uh, we have had a longtime friend of the program. One of my biggest complaints about Republicans on this whole health care thing is so they got Obamacare passed. And lo and behold, Republicans, they have, what, 65 or so show votes in the House of Representatives to repeal and replace Obamacare. It was never going anywhere because Obama was the president. He was not going to repeal his signature legislation. And we even had in the U.S. Senate, we had Republicans vote up and down, up or down on a, on a straight repeal bill. And, and seven senators in 2015 that voted for a straight repeal, Republican senators, when they had a chance where it would matter in 2017 with Donald Trump as president, they changed their minds. Show votes. That's where the disconnect is with the Republican Party and Sean Hannity. Because the fact that seven years passed and they, they didn't talk about health savings accounts. I've been talking about patient power, Cato Institute, uh, Goodman and Musgrave, their book years ago. Patient, in other words, healthcare savings accounts. We have had Dr. Josh Umber, Atlas MD, on this program. We've sent him to Washington. He's met with Newt Gingrich. He's met with members of Congress because he's created a system in Wichita, Kansas, Atlas MD, where, okay, you pay $50 a month as an adult, 10 bucks a month as a kid for unlimited access to your doctor 24-7, 365. And what's even more amazing, take care of stitches, they take care of, you know, most of the stuff that we need taken care of. You need a Z-Pack, you got high cholesterol, you got high blood pressure. And then he wisely went and negotiated directly with pharmaceutical companies 
So he gets the drugs that people usually need at 90, 95 percent discounts and then passes the savings on to his patients. And guess what? They walk out of the doctor's office. They don't have to go to the pharmacy. How cool is that? Then he's taken this model, which is not only producing a good living for him and it's, you know, he gets more patients than he can even handle. And he's now duplicating it around the country. Anyway, Dr. Josh Umber is with us and Dr. Lee S. Gross is with us. The presidents of Doctors for Patient Care Foundation and the founder of the Epiphany Health Direct Primary Care. Um, Now, both of them, by the way, have come up with a pretty interesting idea that I like. And I'm going to let them tell you about it themselves. But, you know, is that what we need now, Dr. Josh? We're going to we're going to have to feel it and taste Medicare and, and swallow it for years. And then we'll really come to appreciate it. You know, it, it was a bizarre way to describe it. You, you have to elect me to see what you'll get, um, because I think it's, it's such a hard premise to pitch on your own. Um, but so thank you for, for giving us the opportunity and, and uh, sharing the airtime with you to explain how it could work. You know, she's looking at a bigger system, more complication, more bureaucracy. Uh, and what we're trying to do is show that less is actually what we need. Uh, the direct care model or direct care for all uh, could make make medicine great again. We can offer unlimited visits, no co-pays, free procedures, wholesale meds and labs for up to 95% off. If we can do that at, at now over 1,200 practices in the country, and, and Dr. Lee just put on the largest conference all year with over 400 docs in attendance, then we can do this everywhere. And we can decrease insurance premiums by 30 to 60%. This is a real viable model. It skips the D.C. swamp. It skips the, you know, divided Congress. And it actually gets meaningful uh, health care reform down uh, to Main Street. So, Sean, so so here's what happens, though, is that, you know, where Congress was not able to step in and, and repeal Obamacare, the president and the administration has done everything they can through changing of regulations, relaxing things so that you can actually return medicine back to the doctors and patients, because, frankly, patients trust their doctors to reform health care. But, you know, as you're seeing all these things unfold in Washington, you're seeing the games being played in Congress, you have to wonder what they're distracting you from. And what Congress is working on behind the scenes is actually quite dangerous. So the president signed an executive order that expands access to direct primary care. It frees doctors and patients to engage in these direct care relationships. But Congress is actually working on regulations that undermine the president's executive orders. It's re-weaponizing the Internal Revenue Service, just like we saw back you know, under Lois Lerner, where re-weaponizing the Internal Revenue Service to go after doctors and patients for using their own health care dollars for their own health care services, setting the stage, stage for socialized medicine. And we can't let that happen, but it's happening behind the scenes with all these distractions. So you guys got this bill out. It's actually being represented by or put into Congress. It's called H.R. Uh, 3708 would bar some doctors from providing direct primary care, uh, which, by the way, separate and apart. But, you know, you got a powerful lobby in the healthcare industry all over Congress, but bar doctors from providing direct primary care, block prescribed treatments for from qualifying for medical reimbursements and impose new restrictions on how patients use their health savings accounts. Uh, Well, that wouldn't work out very well for the patient in my mind, Dr. Umber. I, I don't think it would work out very well. We're in a system where we want to see patients thrive and have less of the IRS 
in their household, less decisions um, being controlled on how they spend their health care dollars. And I think the idea with the, the party that wants Medicare for all is, well, you don't need your own dollars anyways because we're going to try to manage that. So anything they can do to weaken the health savings account rules, like Dr. Lee said, through weaponizing the IRS would uh, would help in their cause of of limiting patient choice. And so we really, you know, are trying to fight hard and punch above our weight class and and encourage any listener to reach out to their representatives. They'll be closed uh, for the holiday break, so they'll be coming home, they'll be near you, and and let them hear you that you don't support a bill that would damage their uh, HSA spending abilities or damage their access to a direct care practice that could, you know, really revolutionize healthcare. It really could. I mean, and it's where how many times have you been able to duplicate what you're doing at Atlas MD around the country? In other words, where people pay 50 bucks a month, adults, uh, kids, 10 bucks a month, unlimited care, 90 plus percent uh, reductions in prescriptions. And then if you couple that or accompany that with a catastrophic plan, if God forbid you get cancer, have a heart attack or have a bad accident, which is, you know, catastrophic care is relatively inexpensive, especially the higher deductible you have. Um, that, that then brings your monthly health care total for an individual adult down to what, uh, 400 a month. I think we could, you know, we've been able to do this now with about 50% year over year growth, uh, in, in the model. So it's, it really is picking up fast. We opened 29 new clinics in October alone. Uh, so essentially one a day, just ourselves. Um, I mean, these are all independently owned uh, uh, physicians, so they're doing the, the grunt work, but we're, we're helping guide the, the path. Uh, and with Dr. Lee, I think, you know, together we've com- touched about 80% of the new practices. Uh, but y- you're right. We could, in best case scenario, decrease the cost of health insurance premiums to under, I think, $500 per household. So on this average, is definitely not health care for the wealthy. You know, this is not health care for the wealthy. This is health care for rural America. This is health care for inner city America of all shapes, walks. Everyone can afford this. If you can afford a cell phone, you can afford health care. You do not need to get people in the, in the middle of this relationship. It just clouds this. And we're thankful that the president did sign executive order. Indeed. We're looking forward to this rule being released in a few weeks that, that uh, from the Treasury that expands the opportunities for patients and doctors. And we can't let Congress get in the way and undermine the efforts of the president and his administration. And the idea is if this bill happens, what you do has to end, Dr. Umber, your successful model practice that you've developed and duplicated nearly a thousand times around this country. That, by the way, let me ask you, how many patients do you have in your practice? How many doctors? How many patients? We have uh, five doctors in our practice and a little over uh, 3,300 patients. And by the way, every patient has access to a doctor 24-7, 365, right? Yep, I was just emailing a patient back right before we got on with you. And and so they, they have your own personal text number. Yep. And and most people like me, they don't want to go see the doctor, but they only call when they have a problem, right? Right. Right. But then you have the few people that call you every freaking day and drive you nuts and really get their 50 bucks uh, a month or or the 50 bucks is it 50, it's 50 a month, right? Or Yep. Yep, we get we get a mix, and so it ends up at least being a sustainable model, better for the. Oh, that's three hundred dollars a month for if you get catastrophic insurance. Then I mean, right? Yeah, and, and you're and you're able to absorb your five doctors, thirty three hundred patients, twenty four seven, three sixty five, and that includes their yearly checkup, a full exam, stitches. What else? Broken bones. What else is included? 
basically anything we can do in our office. So, you know, some broken bones are big enough, we'll, we'll need a, a orthopedic surgeon. And some, especially in young kids, are called green stick. They're just more of a crack. So we can manage that with splinting in our office. Um, but basically decrease the cost of all your care by 80 to 90% and your insurance premiums by 30 to 60%. So if we could put... So we just had a local hospital that, that integrated this with, with their employees and allowed their employees to sign up for this. We saved the hospital 60% on their employees. Employee, employee health costs. The employees had 20% reduction in premiums, 30% reduction in all out-of-pocket costs while eliminating co-pays and deductibles. We want people to oppose this, thir- this HR 3708. It restricts doctors working from their patients. It restricts access to affordable medications. And it controls and restricts for the first time in history a patient's ability to use their own money to pay their doctor. All right, as we continue with Dr. Josh Umber and Dr. Lee S. Gross, he's the president of Doctors for Patient Care and that foundation. Are you asking people to contact their congressmen and women? Do we know we have a date on this vote or what? Yes, absolutely. Uh, contact your, your congressman. Um, you know, phone calls are great. Emails are still very helpful. And just let them know to vote no on 3708. Uh, we're hoping it never gets even to a vote. We're hoping that, um, you know, the Republicans see that this isn't uh, a bill that uh, helps everybody. And, you know, this is, is not going to be something that makes health care affordable for everyone if this this gets a vote. So the more we can educate the representatives that this is a bad bill for the innovation of, of health care, uh, the more successful we'll be. All right. Thank you both for what you do every day. Dr. Josh Umber, Atlas MD. If you're in Wichita, that's the practice you need to be a part of. Uh, Dr. Lee Gross, uh, where's your practice? In Florida, Northport, Florida. Northport, Florida. So get in touch with Dr. Lee Gross there and uh, you'll have uh, care like you've never dreamed of. That's basically concierge care. You understand? We could have this for every American. You, I mean, look, I'll be honest. I have friends that are doctors. If I need to call my doctor's friends at two in the morning, I'm going to get through. But I know that I'm just lucky that those are my friends. I just happen to have friends that are that would care enough to take my call at two in the morning. A lot of people may not have a doctor friend. And uh, it's like, we're, this is what they're going to do. But we have to feel it and we have to taste it. We have to live with it. And then we're going to like it. I'm not so sure. Trust me. Is that the, is that's how it's going to go now? We're going to trust us. Trust the government. Wow. Works out so well when we trust them, doesn't it? Uh, 24 now to the top of the hour. All right. So uh, let's go where this all died this week. There are just. Huge moments. We have Congressman Turner and oh, an amazing moment. This turned it around right dead. It died in its tracks with this exchange with Ambassador Sondland, followed up by Jim Jordan's beatdown on the issue of, well, when did they release the investigation date? And he's like, huh? When when did President Zelensky tell us they were going to do the things Trump wanted to get the money? Um well, they didn't. Uh-oh. No quid or pro or or quo like Joe. Amazing moments. And then Sondland. Yeah, no, I talked to him. He said, what do you want? I asked him, well, what do you want? Nothing. I don't want a quid pro quo. And they got the money. But we do have a real quid pro quo. Never forget that with Joe. Here's, this is where the Ukrainian impeachment coup attempt died this week. 
Ambassador, you weren't on the call, were you? The president, you didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. You had three meetings again with Zelensky and it didn't come up. And two of those they had never heard about as far as I know. And President there was Lins- no reason for and it President Zelensky never made an announcement. This, this is what I can't believe. And you're their star witness. You were in the meeting with President Zelensky and Vice President Pence? I was. And Burisma didn't come up or the Bidens or no. any of these investigations? No, okay. I did not. And so you've never had a conversation with him about Ukraine or been in a meeting where him, where, with him where he has spoken to others about Ukraine? Uh, no, just what I saw him, um, um, you know, his comments on TV. So news and reports. News. Yes. News you, you've never spoken to the president and, and told him advice on Ukraine? That is correct. Williams? There are a number of events you are investigating to which I cannot bring any firsthand knowledge. The events that predated my Ukraine service include the release of the so-called Black Ledger and Mr. Manafort's subsequent resignation from President Trump's campaign, and the departure from office of former Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin. Several other events occurred after I returned from Ukraine. These include President Trump's July 25, 2019 call with President Zelensky, the discussions surrounding that phone call, and any discussions surrounding the delay of security assistance to Ukraine in the summer of 2019. My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words? Correct. Right? But never heard those words. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly, Congressman, I was presuming. I also said that President Trump. So no one told you, not just the president. Giuliani didn't tell you. Mulvaney didn't tell you. Nobody. Pompeo didn't tell you. Nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. Ambassador, when did it happen? When did what happen? The announcement. When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo? Today's op- your opening statement. As I testified previously, with regard to a qu- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Were you involved in the July 25th Trump-Zelensky phone call or preparations for the call? No, I was not. Were you involved in the deliberations about the pause in military sales to Ukraine as the Trump administration reviewed newly elected President Zelensky's commitment to corruption reforms? For the delay in... um, For the pause. The pause? Um, No, I was not. Were you involved in the proposed Trump-Zelensky, later Pence-Zelensky meetings in Warsaw, Poland on September 1st? No, I was not. 
Did you ever talk to President Trump in 2019? No, I have not. Mick Mulvaney? No, I have not. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what the ambassador is doing here today. Uh, this is the... I mean, and I got to say, I, lo- I can hear that again and again. It's they went in Wednesday morning and they thought they had it. Now, the interesting thing is, is we'd seen the transcript of Sondland before and Sondland at some point. And that's by the way, that's why Schiff, remember, he broke, ran out to the media before any Republican got to talk to Sondland. And like, we got him. There's your it's over. And the mob and the media. They've they've been jumping off the cliff of with three years with this compromised congenital liar. Why why doesn't the media care that he's compromised in this case? Why doesn't the media care that the corrupt compromised congenital liar Adam Schiff did in fact lie to them when he said, "Oh, we we have not had con- we'd like to have contact with we have not had contact." Then had to walk it back. Do Republicans get that treatment by the mob? No, never. Never. And then just like he's been lying for three years. We've got all the evidence we need. Trump pressure collusion. How does he get how does he get these idiots to follow him off the cliff again? Well, he does. Got Nancy Pelosi to take it right out of Gerald Nadler's hands and put it in the compromised, corrupt, congenital liar's hands. And you have this big explosion. You just heard it. And it blew up in their face. Every other witness There's no reason for any of them to be there. There's a trial in the Senate. None of them, none of what they have to say is worth anything because it's either they're either a hearsay witness that so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so's niece, uncle, great-grandfather's third cousin's son said, or it's, well, uh, I saw the transcript for the first time, and when I read it, I really began to assume, I presumed, I thought, uh, I was told, uh, I heard, I didn't know. Um, I changed my opinion based on what others said. That's all. That was the rest of it. It's not, none of the, none of it admissible, but you know, said it's going to have with the white house seal of approval. Let's get it on. Let's have a trial that speaks volumes. All right, let's get to your busy phones on this Friday. Uh, Kate is in Houston. K-T-R-H. Kate, how are you? Happy Friday. Glad you called. Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. I've got thank a couple you. of things. So I've got three things. One, I want to say, thank God it's Friday. And it's not a hearing day. One, because we get to hear more banter between you and Linda, my best friend. And... Because we don't have to be snoozed out by all of that ridiculous coverage, which I would not even watch for a second. Number two, I want to be complimentary because, Sean, no one, no one playing it like you are. You have been playing it for years and years, but for three years now, night after night, day after day, you have been a truth bearer, a light bearer. You have been the only person who has been out there telling the truth. And I mean this, you know, I'm complimentary towards other people, but you are the only one who is doing it as thoroughly and way ahead of the pack. So I just want to give that Listen, to you. I know I, you're very nice. I, I will tell you, I am very, very proud. And I'm going to say this. There is a team behind me. I got a radio team behind me. I got a television team behind me. You know, we enlisted an army. And I'm not going to mention any names. We've been at this now for nearly three years. All, and we've exposed every bit of it. 
Um, is it, it it is refreshing to know that everything that we've reported is true and it is accurate and factual. It is now going where there's going to be a vindication of everything we've done. They've all been wrong yeah. for three years. We've been dead on center and we followed the facts and the truth. And, you know, it's it's been a team effort. And I'll tell you, there's not enough of us. And you, the rest of the mob, they they just went for the lies. They fell for the conspiracy theories and the hoaxes, and I'm um, I'm very proud of our team. Uh, I'm thankful and grateful that we got to the truth, because if we don't fix these things, honestly, um, we're really in big trouble, Kate. Well, that's where I'm going here, and that's that's why I am so thankful for your team. Because the second thing is I'm crazy disheartened, and the third thing would be outraged, but disheartened because. We've got an electorate out there that is so uneducated. My 18-year-old, my 12-year-old twins, and my 7-year-old are way more educated than 50% of the populace of the American people because they watch your show, because they know the truth, because they're actually hearing it, and they're not being completely and totally dissuaded by absolute and total utter lies. And the other thing that I'll say really quickly, because I know you got to go, is I'm outraged. I am as outraged as you are because this is ridiculous. What a waste of time. What a waste of my money. You know, I'm sitting here worrying about how I'm going to put food on my table and how I'm going to pay for Christmas gifts for my children. And these people are wasting my money with this needless, absolute, deranged, ridiculous hunt to pull down the best president we've ever had. How many many kids do you have? We have four. We have an 18-year-old, we have 12-year-old twins, and we have a 7-year-old. All right. This is what we're going to do. And I'm going to say one other thing. As part of my this ensemble team, we have one other weapon in our arsenal. And it's the biggest weapon we have. And that's you. That's Kate. It's everybody like you. I, I, I can't stay on TV. You've made me number one in all the cable for another year. By the end of this year, we will end the year. We're number one in all the cable news. You make you make that happen. And by the way, it's um. You know, we were working hard, but every single person that listens to this radio show, listens to Mark and Rush, it's, you know, it's an all hands on deck moment, I've been saying. But but you, the American people, we, the American people, you make our you give us this this opportunity every day to get this information out without you. We lose if you don't vote in three hundred and forty seven days. In other words, we the people don't vote in 347 days. We will get a government we deserve, and it's not going to be a good one. That's why it's it's every single person matters. And, Kate, I'm going to say through you that we're going to put together, we're going to make it easy for everybody in every state. Linda, how are we progressing with our map, our election deadline map, when you got to register, where you got to register, when early voting starts, uh, when absentee voting starts and ends, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have that up pretty soon, right? We actually have a lot of it up already. You can find out how many days we have. It's going to be more comprehensive, though, right? Yes, absolutely. We're going to be adding as we go. Yeah. So, Kate, stay on the line. What I want to do is we'll send uh, a Hannity Christmas gift to uh, all four of your kids. And and thank you. And through you, I'm saying thank you to everybody in this audience, because I don't have this show. We don't have this platform. But for you and this is about our United States of America and our country and our Constitution and our rule of law. A lot at stake. So. 
You have a Merry Christmas, and we have a lot to be thankful for. We live in the greatest country God gave man. That's for sure, and it's worth fighting for. Um, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. All right, that is going to wrap up for us an intense, busy, but in the end, great week. Great because the witch hunt died right before our eyes. What they never thought was going to happen happened. And we now all of this has been revealed for what it is. And whatever happens from here on in is them just clinging to their madness, their insanity, their double standard, their mental bifurcation, compartmentalization, their intellectual dishonesty, their hypocrisy, their lack of reason and common sense. But the good news is when we get back on Monday, 344 days to go, you get the last say. Thank you, as always, for being with us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.